Hello, I'm Rebecca, the founder of Trio, and welcome to Pep Talks with Trio. Trio is the leading solution for workplaces to support their people during every life transition, from starting a family to retiring, and every life event in between. On Pep Talks with Trio, we chat to our expert partners for advice on how to best navigate these common, complex, and often messy life stages that happen during our working career. Keep listening as we connect the dots between life and work with the simple aim of education and empowerment. After all, life happens at work. In today's Pep Talk with Trio, we're joined again with our expert partner, Christina, co-CEO of Wavia and an Innovation Tragic. We're going to be discussing innovation and specifically the massive transformative purpose, which is a completely new concept to me. So firstly, Christina, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do at Wavia and what does an innovation tragic mean? Oh, so many uh, conversations in, in that question. So Wavia uh, is an impact organisation. Everything we do has um, impact underlying it. So if we're not impacting the world for good, then we would normally say, we, you know, that, that's not in our remit. So we have three arms to the Wavia business. We have a professional services um, sector. We have an impact investment platform. My passion in, in Wavia is, or my passion is Wavia, period. Uh, but my my um, my responsibility in my view is executive education. Uh, and if we get the executive education right, and my purpose in doing that is to enable enablers to go out there and create that impact for change. So we give people tools, resources, um, and that's where the innovation tragic comes in. I've been in the innovation field for a long time before it became trendy, before everyone wanted to be the chief innovation officer. Uh, where people would go in a what or everybody wanted to use the innovation but they they did nothing around and let's face it a lot of organizations still don't so we're <laughs> I'm I am absolutely passionate about helping organizations embed an innovation strategy um, into their business plan figure out exactly how it's going to happen uh, and then go forth and that's where the most transformative purpose comes from. So we hear a lot of conversation um, around purpose and having a, a purposeful and meaningful life. A mass transformative purpose is, is setting your goal really high and almost it's almost like you, you can just kind of almost see it and you almost reach it. And then as soon as you almost reach it, you set the next goal because that's where the challenge is in creating impact, in creating scalability for an organisation and in creating the world that, let's face it, we're happy to leave um, our children, our children's children even, you know, seven generations forward as our, as our First Nations people talk as far as ancestors go, how do we create the planet, the world, the social organisations, constructs that we're happy to leave seven generations into our future? Mm. So can an individual themselves, you know, do you have to be an entrepreneur? Do you have to be in the tech space, you know, or can an individual sort of go, look, I've got this, you know, idea or, you know, if they've got a job within that role, how do, you know, how do we tap into that innovation or that transformation? How can we bring that out from within us? So I believe everyone has the ability to, um, well, we do all have the ability to create um, and to ideate. And for some people, it's their absolute passion to be the ideator, the imagineer, the creator, the innovator. Uh, and however, if we had a world that was full of ideators, creators, imagineers. Nothing would get done. <laughs> 
absolutely. So one of my favourite sayings around that is, you know, just imagine Walt Disney without his brother mm-hmm. and very few people know that the brother, whose name is Roy, was the actioneer behind it. So Walt Disney was the imagineer. He went, hey, let's make this happen. This, I've got this great vision, da-da-da, fantasy land. And Roy would go, Walt, stop, you know. We really need to put some action around this. Here's the engineering plans. Here's the building plans. Here's what we're going to do to, to create that. So everybody needs the Walt and everybody needs the Roy. And the other um, match around that is Steve Jobs and Wozniak. So Steve mm-hmm. Jobs and actually without Wozniak, let me give you one of my favourite Steve Jobs stories. So Steve Jobs, um, IDEO is another amazing organisation. Uh, they now operate out of Stanford. They're very much around design thinking. And David Kelly um, and his brother Tom were founders of, of IDEO. Amazing organisation. I, I highly recommend that people look them up. Um, anyway, so Steve Jobs apparently rang David Kelly up at three o'clock one morning and David Kelly says, if anyone rang me at three o'clock, I knew it was Steve. No one else would ring me at three o'clock in the morning. And it was when Apple was creating their mouse, okay? Mm-hmm. And he said to the, the mouse for the computer, and he said to David Kelly, he said, I want a mouse that doesn't have a seam in it because I don't want that, that, that um, unevenness when I'm using the mouse uh, and I want it to be sleek and da-da-da. And David Kelly's going, how on earth do you think that's going to happen? And Steve Jobs said to him, apparently, I'm really disappointed because if anybody could do it, I'm sure, I was sure it would have been you, three o'clock in the morning, right? Um, anyway, David Kelly went away and IDEO actually came up with the seamless mouse. So it's having that, that absolute vision, but then you need the team to create it. So Steve goes, this is what I want. And then he goes, who, who's going to do that for me? You know, who's going to create this computer? Wozniak will create the computer. Who's going to create the mouse? David Kelly can, you know, I'll, I'll put it out there to that. So we absolutely need the creators, the ideators, um, the motivators, the inspirers, the innovators, but we need the teams that go behind it. So my, my, my line at the moment is innovation is everybody's business. Because mm. if you're the process person, innovation is not going to happen unless there's some kind of process aligned with it. Innovation is great, but if no one hears about it, it's purposeless. So therefore you need the marketer, the communicator. You know, innovation is wonderful, but if you can't afford it or if you need to scale it back or whatever, so you need the finance people involved. So an, a, a wonderful innovation team has the ideator, imaginary, innovator, whatever you want to call them. Um, it has the actioneer. It has the person that's going to go, okay, these are the actions that we need to take. It has the project driver to make sure those actions happen. You know, it has the accountant. It has the marketer, the communicator. Innovation is everyone's business. So in order to have this mass transformative purpose, uh, and let me, I'll give you a, 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 very, a, a micro example of that as well. I did some work with a, um, a council uh, and we had a, a team of leaders in the room and everybody had a project. It was a big, you know, big multi-million dollar. Everyone had a big multi-million dollar project they were working on. And we went around the room by way of introduction because these people hadn't been in the room together for quite some time, um, as most people haven't uh, yet. Um, and everybody went around and said, this is my project. This is, this is what I'm working on. And there were, there were 12 leaders in this session and it was synchronous, purposeful, whatever word you want to use, that the last person um, in the sharing exercise mm-hmm. said, you know what? I actually don't want to be a leader of a project. I want to be the person behind each and every one of you making sure your projects get over the line. And I just went, wow, for this person to actually say that in this room 
created this whole new level of respect and operation and honesty um, within that process. And it was just, it was wonderful and amazing and enlightening um, all at the same time. And I think that is really crucial mm -hmm. that we recognize that innovation is everyone's business. And that if you want to have a role in that team, great. You know, if you don't want to have a role in the innovation team, equally great. Yeah. Do what it is that you need to do. One of these people on the innovation team will come and consult with you. That's fine. Uh, but without an innovation team, without an innovation driver, innovation won't happen within an organization. Yeah. And there's a, a saying that says that the fish rots from the head down. Um, and I can tell you that right now, if organizations aren't innovating, if they're not aware of what's happening around them, um, then they're not going to have the success uh, and the future forward planning, mm -hmm. forward clients, et cetera, that they want to have. And the innovators that are innovating need to continue to innovate, to pivot, to mm -hmm. add new um, things into their industry, to continue to develop, because otherwise stagnation, you know, it gets nobody anywhere right now. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the saying that says nothing will ever be as slow as what it is right now is absolutely true. Goodness, absolutely. And as much as we need innovators, we need the doers because do. innovation means nothing unless it ever comes to fruition. You know, if yep. it's never, you know, comes comes into comes to life. Yep. And I suppose, you know, we don't, and innovation doesn't have to just be through entrepreneurship. You know, within organizations, we have the entrepreneurs. Correct. So, you know, how can organizations help to identify who their entrepreneurs are and nurture those so that the organization is, itself can innovate and grow and, you know, be, you know, be a leader in, in what it does? How do we find those people within our organizations? You need, you need that innovation strategy. For me, it's embedding that innovation strategy. It can be very bespoke to an organization. So we often will go in and we'll, we'll get the organization to set its own um, targets, its own boundaries, its own ratios around what their innovation strategy looks like. And then we'll help people find who those innovation champions might be. You know, don't ask, don't get. So if you don't actually go out and ask your people where their passions are, and often you see there's people that come to you with new ideas, you know, all the time, uh, and, and which is absolutely wonderful, and that needs to be encouraged. So we're actually working on a platform where that can happen um, as a as a process, as part of the uh, that whole innovation process. But I think it's really important to walk the talk around innovation. So I, I often tell a story about the very first, and this is like 10, 10 years ago, twelve years ago, the very first innovation big project that we did within an organisation. Um, I had about four or five meetings with this group uh, and I kept asking them for extra things all the time. And, and the first thing we asked them for was to collect ideas, which is where the, the idea for the innovation board came, um, but collect ideas from their people and then pick one of those ideas and have accomplished it before we went in to do the innovation workshop series. Uh, and they, they agreed to that because what we wanted to show was that people's input would not be disregarded. It was valued and it would be operated on, okay? And then the next meeting I had, I said, right, well, we want you to pick two of these middle-of-the-road ideas uh, and they're the ones we want to use in this workshop process so that people know that, that we're not just making things up, that they're actually coming from something that has been approved by, by management, by, um, by the executive group for us to work on. Yep, yep, we can do that. We'll, we'll select two from, the, from you know, all the ideas that are coming in. And then I said to them, and I had, I had a, a colleague working with me who said, don't you want this job? And I went, I absolutely want this job. Well, why are you asking them for so many things? 
I said, because I want to make sure that it works. I don't, I don't want something that that's tokenistic. You know, I want to make sure that we get results at the end of the day. So what we did then was we, we actually organized, um, we organized for those two aspects to be the major part of the workshop series. And we worked them up. And then the guarantee from management was that they would allow a presentation. So they would put the right people together who had the, the, um, the, the ability to make a call on whether it would get funded or not get funded or resourced in some way. Because, you know, innovation doesn't just mean money. It can mean time, which, which kind of boils down to money, but it does, it's not necessarily an output. To, yeah. to run a, a prototype now is not as difficult as it used to be because now we have things like digital twinning uh, and there's, there's, you know, a lot of technology that can help us um, shorten what that, what that testing process is. Yeah, and a lot uh, of open source technology. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the third, the other thing that we um, asked them to do was create an innovation group that would meet once a week for an hour, beer and pizza Friday, we called it, um, beer and pizza Friday, ideation to execution. So they were given an hour a week uh, to meet and we asked for, for a minimum period of six months for that to happen. 18 months later, I got a call from the, from the innovation group going, hey, you know, this is what we've done and this, and, you know, thanks, blah, blah, blah. So for me, that longevity was purposeful. But if it's not embedded into the organisation, innovation is not going to happen. So I think it's yeah. really crucial that you get that support, that you set the parameters that the organisation is happy to, to live by, write it into a business plan, know who's involved, um, have the driver, have, it, have that person that keeps everything together, but have the team that's a diverse team not just your sales team, not just your marketing team, not just your production team, but you need all those diverse voices, opinions, thought processes in that team to ensure that innovation and working towards what that mass transformative purpose is for your organisation is so that it can be achieved. Yeah, it sounds like it with as with anything within an organisation, it comes down to organizational culture and it needs buy-in from the top level so that it can really distill down and I think with innovation you know you are asking people to come up with lots of new ideas and that's the culture therefore within that organization has to be we accept that we might make mistakes we might fail things might not go to plan and you're not going to lose your job this is you know you're not going to be pointed at and sort of strung up so again it's how do we create that culture of care and nurture and innovation and growth yeah we we have you know we we often hear the rhetoric fail fail fast it's okay to fail it's da, da, da. and then i mean if you ask a room full of people who's prepared to fail no one will put their hand up because of the stigma around around what yeah. the word failure means um so we often we often we, we've softened the word sometimes uh, and we've used the word mistakes because sometimes yeah. it's okay to make a mistake, but it's not a big <laughs> failure, you know. Uh, but my favourite story around failure is that um, Blue Chili. Uh, I had a, I had a, one of the guys from Blue Chili come and do a, a keynote for me uh, at an event that I ran a few years ago. Anyway, he was telling us about what they called the Golden Cock Award. So pardon me, but if you had the biggest cock up of the month, um, <laughs> then you got presented, no, sorry, the week, you got presented a rooster, was a golden <laughs> rooster. And, and it was, it was, so you were, it was almost like the rooster gave you permission to fail yeah. or make a mistake. But what it did was you didn't just get the rooster because you had the worst idea or the worst progress. The or biggest the worst cock up. <laughs> yeah, the biggest cock up of the week. Um, but you had to teach everybody else what you learnt from that process. Yeah. So it, there was, it, it wasn't like you wore it as a badge of honour. 
but but you had a sense of purpose for that award and you were sharing things with other people so hopefully they wouldn't make the same mistakes but all that was as you say supported from the top down mm. but innovation doesn't just happen from the top down it happened like some of the most amazing insights will come from your front line because seriously they're the people that are dealing with it yeah. on a daily basis uh, and and one of the common questions um, that will get asked before we go in and, and run an innovation program with an organization is how much money will we save and mm. I go honestly I don't know you might save millions of dollars you might save hundreds of thousands of dollars you might save a few thousand dollars I don't know because I don't know what the process looks like from the beginning we can estimate uh, and the yeah. best example um, of that I can give I give people is there's a, um, a hospital in Florida and they uh, they are primarily a cancer hospital and they use their innovation um, momentum to they had a, they had a ridiculous uh, admission process that took 10 hours, right? The, the average admission of a cancer patient, like as if it's not hard enough, being a cancer patient, having to put your, your partner, son, daughter, mother, father into this, this cancer ward, mm-hmm. 10 hours was, their, was their, um, their average admission time. So they held an innovation workshop and they invited the people on the admission desk, um, people from admin. They had people, doctors, surgeons, nurses, Everyone that was involved in that admission process, they had in that workshop, right? Three hours, they got it down to. So on average, clearly some of them went longer yeah. um, and, and some of them were shorter, but on average, they got 10 hours down to three hours. So my comment when people say, how much money will I save? I say, this is how much money the hospital saved um, in cutting down all these hours seven hours they cut down into the the average of the admission process so I don't know what your particular saving is going to be but I can tell you that you will save money you will save stress and you will save that impact on your personnel and your client um, all at the same time so it's that innovation process uh, that continues to improve the experience for the people that work there you know if you go the Branson theory happy workers happy families happy shareholders you know the yeah. world is happy if you if your people are happy you've got happy clients yeah. if you've got happy clients you've got happy That's shareholders the ripple effect again yeah again the ripple effect yeah exactly yeah. um so it, it's that whole it's that whole community view yeah. again it's not just about me the individual it's not just about me the accounting person that says this isn't going to look good on my books <laughs> initially but i tell you what it will in the long term yeah. And I, what I love from that example there is that they had everyone at every level within the organization. Yes. And again, if you're going from the bottom to the top, you're giving people purpose, you know, it's, and that goes back to, you know, mass transformative process, purpose, happy staff, ha- you know, happy organization. So I love this, Christina. Thank you. Um, I'm going to leave it there. We've got so much more to talk about, but um, I love that. There's so many gems. And I think I'm going to do the Golden Cock Award in Trio moving forward. Love it. <laughs> mistakes are good. If you're making mistakes, you're trying to think new things and you're growing. So you can't go far wrong with that. Yeah, I love to say to people, just imagine if the first time you tried to walk, um, you went, oh my God, I failed at walking. I'm never going to do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it would be fun shuffling for life. Yeah. <laughs> How good would that not be? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love talking to you and we'll definitely meet again. Thank you. I look forward to when we actually meet in person the next time again. I know that would be so good. Yeah. See you soon. 
Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how Trio can support your people, visit trio.com.